Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Patton. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devil. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your. Oh, well, we've not done it for a couple of weeks. How's your last couple of weeks been busy? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a busy time of work. A busy time of work. Busy time of year at work at the moment, you know, doing the old boils and that. So, you know, I've been pretty busy, but. Yeah, doing all right. They're doing okay, and uh, seeing the fixtures the other day. That's uh, I've had a bit of a break really from 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 Solver. Just saying to Parky there off air. Um, don't know. It feels a bit strange, but it has a bit of a. It's nice to have a bit of time off, I think, and not really think about them. But you know, the fixtures came out the other day. I've been frantically looking through my shifts and starting to plot 2020, if you like. But no, I'm, I'm doing all right, thank you, mate. Um, how's yourself? Yeah, been been good. I'm good to see you keeping Britain warm. That's what that's what your job is in the in the off season, Paul. Uh, but yeah, been been quite busy. We got a bonfire night, didn't we? We had Halloween. Um, I played a min- practical joke on someone at work. We all kind of got dressed up at work, you know, fancy dress at work. And um, you know what? Obviously, you work with boilers, don't you, and electrics and stuff like that. And you know, when people get out of cars, sometimes they get kind of a uh, you know static shock, don't they? And yeah. This, uh, this this woman kind of walked past um, sort of the what like the it was like on the wall, you know, like a plug, and she must have sort of brushed past it and got a bit of a static shock. Um, you know, from like a monitor or something like that near, near it. She was like, oh, you know, I think I've got electric shock here. And I was like, no, you, you can't get electric shock off, off, off something like that. And it's like the plug was surrounded by, you know, like this casing, you know, keeping the wires away from, you know, people who want to touch wires, right? So uh, I said, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. She said, oh, I'm, I'm worried too. I'm, don't worry, I'll, I'll come over and, and double check it. So I walked over and I thought, I'm not getting electric shock here, it's fine. So what is, I touched the, touched the, the, the sort of the, the casing and then pretended it got electric shock with like the proper shakes. Well, she, her, her eyes fell out, popped out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, shaking a little bit. Everyone jumped on me thinking I got electric shock. You probably had to be there. It was very, very funny, to be, to be honest, when I came around and said, I'm only messing, don't worry, I'm not dead. Uh, but yeah, it was quite, quite a funny thing that happened. Um, but yeah, that was about it, really. That's about the funniest thing that happened to me. Um, went to Peel Green. Uh, firework display, Peel Green Cricket Club. You know about that? It was a bit like um, Sydney Opera House, really, at one point. It was very, very good. Uh, so, yeah, that was about it, really. Quite a quite a busy one. Um, it's like, say, you know, off-season, you get filled up with stuff like that, don't you? Did you see my Halloween picture? I said it. And obviously, <laughs> you had a big fight as well, didn't you? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, last Friday, yeah. yeah. How did that go? Uh, yeah, I won. First round stoppage, so... Um, yeah. It was all good, yeah. Um, it was a good fight, actually. The other lad was sticking it all over me, but I, I caught him with a lucky right hand and his leg buckled and the referee stopped it. So, um, so yeah, good good days. It raised a lot of money for um, men's mental health, I think it was this time. And um, it was kids' cancer last time, so it was men's mental health this time. And we're hoping to go again. Reese Archer's um, kindly offered me to go on the bill again in March at the AJ Bell, so we'll be fighting again then. So, looking forward to that. So, it's all good. Don't you get a, don't you get a belt now? Uh, I don't know, mate. I just turn up and knock people out. That's what you do. <laughs> just turn up and fight whoever they put in front of me. <laughs> oh, also, it's all for good cause, mate. That's the, that's the main thing. As long as it raises money and helps people, that's all that matters. And you got a big jab as well that no one could get past you. That's that's another thing. Even best. Also, uh, joining us on the podcast, got Parky here, Parky. Evening, evening, gents. How's your off-season been? No, let's start, start, sorry, let's start with your grand final experience because you've not been on, have you, since the, the grand final? How was it for you? Uh, the bits I can remember. <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, it, it was an amazing day, wasn't it? it was, uh, it's one of them things that I, I tried my best to take everything in. Uh, I tried not to, you know, obviously take too much of the water before the game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was a fantastic experience. Um, the result, you know, we didn't want to lose, but it, 
it was irrelevant to me at the time. Just just being there and having that that moment, watching the team come out of the tunnel, and uh, you know, and seeing all the Salford fans there, just, the whole day was just perfect. I think, besides the result, but you know, we're up against a team like Saint Helens and who, who were virtually unstoppable through the year, and uh, we we made them fight for that game and a couple of decisions that may have you know gone our way, but um, oh, it was a great day, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Yeah, but obviously, like getting to the grand final, that's going to sort of increase the exposure for the club as well, and you know, it gives people the opportunity to to obviously see Salford at Old Trafford and then think, you know what, we'll, we'll go again next season. So a lot of people from my work have, have sort of tuned into the grand final, went and thought, you know what, I'll go and I might come and watch next season. So I'm kind of getting inundated with how much your tickets, where I get tickets from, and it's it shows how you know big our profile is at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, you saw it from the the Wigan, the first Wigan game in the playoffs. Then the second, the step up in you know in supporters, and that bandwagon rolled right to the grand final. And it, we we only need you know a certain percentage of them people to get hooked. And uh, you know we're we're you know a competitive club with a bit of money in the bank. That's what we need, um, and things like that. I mean, we don't we've tried everything in the last 30, 40 years to get fans through the gates. Uh, the only thing we haven't had is success. And we we tried that now, and it seems to have worked. So I I just hope the, the club, you know, and benefit from it. And I mainly like to be in Watson, who has worked miracles last year again. And um, you know, fingers crossed, a bit more money in the club, he can go out and you know buy a couple more players. But uh, yeah, no, fantastic. I can't. Last season, certainly the back end of it was was something I'll never forget. And uh, it's you know, I've got to say, as a team, that's the best Salford team I've I've ever witnessed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Paul King said once that uh, the only thing we haven't tried is winning a lot. <laughs> I think that's what I think that's what he said, and like it shows how, how far we've we've come. And you know, hopefully we can sort of kick on, uh, Paul, and and you know, next season can be as as good. Yeah, I don't see why not, Rob. I think you know, the, all the positive signs are there for next season. Aren't they? The, the signings that we've made look really exciting, don't they? And we've, we'll talk, we'll talk about the internationals after you look at the. the like some two Ilola here who's sort of beat Australia there and I, I was speaking to, to somebody the other day we were saying who's the last Salford player to play in a side that's beat Australia and we was having to think about it I think we decided on Steve Nash in the end but you know if anybody else knows different um, it's quite a good little quiz question for you but yeah I think the, the signs are all positive for next season Rob it's going to be really exciting you know, what, what a way to finish a season in the grand final and you know, if that can't whet your appetite to, to come and watch Salford at the AJ Bell Stadium next season I don't really know what, what can it's you know, it promised to be a great start you know, the fixtures are out now and you know, the season will, will soon be here when you get Christmas out of the way in a couple of weeks your friendlies are, are here and then the, the season starts so uh, I can't wait for it mate I think it's going to be another another exciting roller coaster season yeah, and I think what it is, the club have done really well as well, keeping everyone engaged. Obviously, the off-season parking, there's, there's kind of not much things going on, but they've you know, managed to still fire stuff out on the social media and keeping us fans up to date on what's going on. Yeah, and I think I think the, the, uh, the sort of prolonged sort of signing of players and, and bring, you know, bringing faces in and that kind of thing certainly helps. Because in the past, we've sort of done it straight away. This is who you're getting, that's, that's your lot. And there's an initial sort of peak in excitement. And then you've got... You know, he got two months or whatever, two two and a half months of, of nothingness, uh, and for for a while there, it seemed like every other week something or every week something was happening. Um, but yeah, I mean that the, the uh, that side of the of the club has come on so far. You know, the, just keeping us in touch with things and, uh, and just like keeping the profile of the, the, the simple things about the season. Tick, you know, um, uh, where, where you've got the lads doing the videos, you know, saying I'm on board and that kind of thing, and then. On the back of what's happened in the internationals, I know they did one with uh, Tyrone McCarthy saying, "You know, well done to Ireland for qualifying, and uh, he'll be at the AJ Bell next year." Will you? You know that kind of, just little things like that. It just keeps us in the, you know, keeps in the loop and keeps uh, keeps in the headlines. Really, it's all about spotlight, isn't it, Paul? It's all about keeping us in the spotlight and also trying to project us out to the people outside our bubble to say, "You know, we're here. Your season tickets are quite cheap to come and buy. Come and buy them now and join on the adventure that we're on." Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you know, getting to that grand final and that magnificent run towards the back end of last season and uh, toppling Wigan in the playoffs, I think that's done us the world of good as well. Because I think people outside the, the Salford Rugby League sort of scene and 
you know, the rugby league scene, you know, people who live in the, the local area, no involvement really with rugby league, have actually latched onto us and now. And I think it put us back on the map the the end of last season. It really did, and it got people talking about about solving and sort of lay people who were not really interested in rugby league, if you like. And uh, that that's an exciting thing, isn't it? Because I think people want to buy into that now and perhaps become a part of that. You know, everyone wants to to be part of success, don't they? And uh, you know, you know, it is an exciting time to to be a Salford supporter. And you know, what what does next season hold? I was sat thinking the other day about next year and what do what do I want out of the season? And, you know, I, I won't be bold and say another grand final. I just want us to to do as well as we can. But it's exciting. I mean, you know, with, with what all there and. You know what he brings to the table and the squad of players that we've got. Who knows how far we can go next season? So I'll go into it with an open mind and just see what happens. But it's definitely exciting, love. It really is, and some of the signings we've made as well. You know they're looking really good, and if we can get Kevin Brown clicking there with two good dollar here, we could be a really dangerous side. I mean, I'm going on a bit here, but look at the, the pack of forwards we're going to have next year. We're going to have one of the biggest packs in the Super League, so it, it really bodes well for, a, for another successful campaign. Yeah, there's loads and loads to talk about on the show this week. We've got all the big news coming out of Salford Devils. Uh, we've got the amateur scene uh, with you, Paul, and then we're going to look at the. Well, we're going to announce our player of the year and uh, listeners' uh, player of the year as well. Uh, so lots and lots of exciting stuff to look forward to, Packy. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get this rolling. Looking forward to it. Cool. So what we'll do? We'll start off with all the big news coming out of Salford Devils and the world of rugby league this week. So what we'll do, we'll start off with the heritage numbers, uh, Paul. Uh, you were involved in putting that together. Uh, a fantastic thing, I think. Obviously, build that community feel and family feel around the club. Yeah, I think I think every club should have heritage numbers. And I know I spoke to Mike Levin, but we both did, didn't we? We went and see Mike about, he did Lee's heritage numbers. I know Stephen Wilde did Swinton's. And I think Mike had a hand in doing Wigan's as well. And... State Islands have had theirs done and it's a mammoth, mammoth task and, you know, I, I played a tiny part in it really, I just did, did a few bits and bobs over the last 20, 30 years or so. Graham Morris was the man behind it really, he's been working on this for absolutely years, cataloguing players and he had it all sort of there for us uh, when we went to, to see him in a meeting so I think he deserves an awful lot of credit, Graham, he's put an awful lot of work into that and, uh, you know, as I said, it's, it's one of those tasks where you've got to do all sorts of research, you've got to get every single player that's even played a game who's even set foot on the pitch for Salford so you know you think about that I mean I was thinking over the last sort of 30 years of me watching I thought but you're thinking of players here and you think blimey yeah remember him he played one game or he played half a game or played a game on loan or something so it is it's a thankless sort of task really. so yeah that's off to Graham he did, he did a great job with that and um it was nice just to just to get the, the numbers out and seeing the, the lads getting the certificates and that and they look great the, the heritage certificates I think the players love all that, don't they? And I think the more we can get ex-players involved, the better. And it's going to be great next season. I think the supporters' trust have got things lined up for, for ex-players to come to uh, events and come to matches to receive the certificates. And I think it's going to be great to see ex-players there because that, that's what makes um, you know supporters have been going a long time. It makes it great for you, you know, to go and see those guys you've not seen for years. And you know, it, it, it's definitely a reward for, for representing the club. And uh, you know, I think every ex-player I've spoke to is really, really excited about it. Yeah, Park, it gives us that sense of community feel and identity for all these players that, you know, came to Salford, did you know, played in that famous red shirt, gives something back to them and shows them that, you know, we do remember them even though they've retired. Oh, listen, I am I'm I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you remember. I, I compiled the uh, uh list off of something that Graham Morris had done previously for me, um, a couple of years back and I had it up to date and everything. Um but taking that next step to do something like this, is, 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 he, he takes a group of people with a lot of time. Um, it, it's fantastic. I've always felt that as a club, we, we've kind of not just forgotten about ex-players, but I don't think we've ever looked after them in the right way. Um, I think it certainly helps now with having Bleasy on board, who you know, clearly, as an ex-player, will know. Um, but I remember years ago in the 80s, and players came, they, they signed, they played for the club, they went home back to the town, you know, Leo, Wigan, or wherever they were from. And it, it just seemed like it was just the job and it, there wasn't that, that community of, you know, that I'm playing for Salford, this means something. Um, and it, things like this, I, I think it's a great thing, I really do. And you do, like Paul said, I mean, when I was doing my list a couple of years back, you, you think of a player or you'll read his name in it and you go, oh, I, I did, you know, if I hadn't seen this, I'd, do, I'd never remembered him, never in a million. Um, 
and it, it is fantastic the work they've done and uh, it's, it's, it's phenomenal and I think I think like Paul said I think the players really uh, you know really really like the idea I've, I've seen obviously like of Gary Disley and uh, Glenn Warhurst people like that on, on Facebook Paul Fletcher updating the, the Facebook profile photo with that certificate or with that number because it does mean something and uh, you know they've been remembered for their efforts for the club and I don't care, you know, what, what you think of certain players in the past, and we've all got that, you know, God, he was rubbish or whatever, but they put the shirt on and, they, you know, they had a go, and I think that needs recognising, and this is this is a great step towards, uh, you know, continuing that, that connection with the past. Yeah, also, I'll be talking about the, the, the past, uh, length and ever, Armitage Day, uh, obviously Salford players were involved in, in the war, uh, the likes of Tom Williams, Jimmy Cook, E. Brown, Fred Hope, David Preston, George Thorne and N. Shaw, you know, sacrificed you know, their lives to keep us safe. Uh, and we obviously continue to be safe today, Paul. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Lance Todd, I think, was involved, wasn't he, in the, the Second World War? I think he died, actually, didn't he? He was in the, in the whole guard, I think, if I remember rightly reading that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, it's a sombre sort of time of year now, isn't it, remembering Sunday? So, yeah, we'll be thinking about all those, uh, all those brave men and women that, that gave their lives, you know, so that we could have a better life, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next bit of news, uh, Parker, uh, season tickets are, are out. Um, sources at the club I've spoken to uh, said that the season ticket sales are going very well. Couldn't give me actual figures, but I didn't expect them to, to, to be honest. Uh, but they are up on uh, on last year, which is uh, very, very good. Oh, listen, I mean, I, I, I've always got this thing about about uh, people asking for, you know, how many we sold, how many tickets we sold. How many it's great if, if the club come out and say, yeah, you know, we've sold... Five thousand, but if, if realistically we've sold a thousand tickets, you know, it, it's not something that anybody needs to shout about because all the other clubs in Super League or whatever will go. Is that it? You know, there's no real benefit to actually knowing the, the number and, and announcing it. I just hope, like I say, that the people who who came to the grand final and, and the game up bigger, you know, a few of them pick season tickets up. Uh, not if numbers are up, it's money in the bank. It's simple as that. That that's there. Then whether you turn up or not later in the season. You know, we've got your money, basically. And, uh, I mean, obviously, I'd encourage everybody to get them. And I think the earlier you get them, the better. You know, it's a bargain, really. You know, it really is. And uh, like Paul said before, I think we're in for another exciting season. So, it's you know, it's well worth picking one up. Yeah, it gives us a bit of a buffer, uh, Paul. You know, season tickets... You know, people go and buy them in the off-season, you know, puts a bit of juice in the club's tank so they can obviously go out and buy uh, sort of new players. And, you know, if it's up, like, like I say, they have announced that, that it is up on, on last year and, you know, that's a good thing for us. Yeah, yeah, I read new remind my dad and my mum's a few few weeks ago. It's a, well, for me, it's a, it's a good Christmas present, you know, because I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish at buying presents for people so I always say to my missus well get me my mum and dad's season ticket and then it's job done then <laughs> they, they, they sorted so uh, so yeah renewed mine the other week and my dad's chuffed because he gets a, a senior one now because he's over 60 so uh, yeah so it's happy days all around but yeah like Parky said there the, I think the season tickets are an absolute bargain they're not they're not expensive at all are they really so um, no it's first thing you do it in the close season get your season ticket renewed and then and the jobs are good and then wait for the fixtures to come out and I suppose we'll talk about them shortly but I couldn't believe how quick the fixtures were out this time sort of first early on November it's um, is it are they normally out that early I, I thought it was like December when no, the uh, fixtures normally, were out but yeah, normally kind of mid, mid-November mid about, about now but I suppose our season of is kind of extended, yeah, asked, yeah, yeah, and I was thinking that the other day, yeah, because I know a lot of teams have been back in pre-season training, and I was thinking, you know, I think they started Monday, a lot of teams, I thought, blimey, the season's only just finished, but I suppose for a lot of teams, it, it, it's been finished for a while, and it's only because we went this mad run to the, to, mm-hmm. to the grand final, so, yeah. Yeah, 15th of November, the, the early bird finishes, uh, Park, yeah, I'm sure, you know, people out there will be trying to entice friends and family who came to the to the grand final to, to go and buy a season ticket for next year? Yeah, well, the, I mean, there's so many options to, to how you pay for it as well, isn't there? You don't have to just, you know, stump up the, the money straight away, direct debits and things like that. Um, and like you say, this, they've extended this early bird offer, which is which is great. Uh, and, and again, like Paul said, I mean, I know, well, I'm led to believe that uh, my uh, my Christmas present might be a season ticket. I don't, I don't know for sure. Obviously, we see what Santa brings, but mm. a lot of people now are starting to think of Christmas. If, if you know, you're not more organised than we are, and they've already done it. But um, it, so it's, it, you know, it's a great time. I think a little bit more, one more big push before the 
before Christmas, and then, you know, like Paul said, we're into the friendlies then, and you're nearly ready to start using it. Yeah. And you don't have to sit on his knee this time, Parker. Just, just text him and ask him what you want. Who, Paul? Santa. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss your presents. I'm looking forward to that. but yeah you know I think it's exciting I think it shows how far we've come that people are you know snapping these up I do agree with you uh, sort of Parky that the club doesn't have to announce sort of actual figures unless they sell like 8,000 season tickets or something like that some big amount that's going to open people's eyes so but you know it's up and and that's all that matters and we're up with you know two or three months before the season starts which is which is exciting yeah I think if we can uh, you know maybe I don't know, maybe bring in another player before then as well, just to give that, that boost and that, you know, that extra encouragement. But it's all about just staying in the, in the press at the moment. And the off-season is, is hard for a club. You know, there's no real revenue except for the season tickets being bought. You know, but you've still got to pay the players. You know, these lads are on contracts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the more people that, that get involved, the better. Yeah, uh, talking about sort of playing players and paying players uh, and sponsorship. Um, Marson uh, is one of our new sponsors uh, Paul uh, very exciting time uh, for the club uh, a local company um, you know back in the club yeah certainly I think they're quite a well known company as well I don't really know a, a, a great deal about them but I know they do quite a lot of sponsorship moves with sales sharks don't they I know they do quite a lot in the sport of boxing as well I've noticed quite a lot of the local boxers, particularly uh, Mr. Crawler, always has a, a baseball cap on with Morrison on after his fight. So, uh, so yeah, I think you know, listening to the, the interview that um, that you got to, to play later, the, the guy there from from Morrison sounds really enthusiastic and you know wanting to get involved in a, in a good local company to get behind us like that. I think it's really exciting that, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's a really good deal for us. Yeah, we'll put that interview on now. Uh, it was Jed Mason from Morrison uh, Group. He spoke to uh, Joe Crabtree. And this is what you have to say. So, coming as the main sponsor for next season, what was the reasoning? Um, well, delighted to be part of the Salford uh, Rugby League Club. Um, for some time, obviously based, our company headquarters is based in Salford. I actually went to school in Salford. So there's a lot of heritage. Uh, I'm obviously proud of my roots. And um, to support the local club, I think, was... It was time to, to do that. I think really at the back of the success as well. I know it shouldn't be glory hunting to support your local club, but uh, certainly the uh, cup final um, was, was a great for, for the whole uh, town, really. And um, that, that sort of momentum carried on to being asked to support the club, and I was delighted to support uh, and get the main sponsorship on the shirt. Obviously, with the grand final, with so many supporters getting behind them, with a local business like yourselves coming on board as the main sponsor, is there a real opportunity to bring the Salford community together now? You would hope so. It might encourage, I think certainly the final should encourage the, uh, the, the, the fan base to start coming to watch Salford. I mean, it's a great entertainment, what they put on at the club. Um, and re- you know, it's a shame that the crowd uh, levels have dropped, but I think um, hopefully the momentum and the enthusiasm that we've had a final will carry on and uh, support the club. And, the community to get round them will be good. You know, local businesses have participated in the opportunity to also equally advertise on the shirt, which was a great idea. And um, you know, I'm pleased that one of the winning companies in Trafford Park, again quite local. So yeah, I think the business community should benefit from coming to watch uh, Salford. And obviously, the grand final got Super League's highest ever TV viewing figures. Uh, the semi-final was the highest outside of a grand final since 2015. Salford are offering more exposure to their sponsors than ever before, really. Yeah, I think the benefits that Salford offer in terms of TV coverage now and the, the performance on the pitch does, uh, does, does elevate that. And uh, the coverage, obviously, was one of the decisions uh, helping me towards why I advertised on the shirt and uh, the benefits and the coverage and the, the reach that uh, it, it goes to. So, yeah. Fantastic that they're getting more coverage. Anything else you'd like to add? No, I wish all the Salford uh, team the, the, all the very best, and uh, I know the back office are working the, the socks off, so to speak, for helping to support the club and get more sponsorships in. And uh, I think, yeah, if we can all rally around and support our local club and support the local community, I think it uh, will be an exciting season ahead. So, Cheers. So. That was Jed Mason talking to Joe uh, about Marson's uh, 
sponsorship of the Salford Devils Parker. Uh, they're an international engineering and recruitment expert firm. Been going 50 years and based in Eccles. You know, a fantastic thing that big companies like that who are local to us uh, are getting involved with the Salford Devils. Yeah, um, Jed, Jed's a very proud uh, Salfordian, actually. I know uh, I know many people who know him and have you know, dealt with him in the past. Um, he's, yeah, he's genuinely, you know, proud of where he's from. Uh, like Paul said, with a boxing connection, I remember him being, you know, with Ricky Atten and, and Jamie Moore and people like that, having the, the names on the shorts and stuff like that. You know, it's obviously a big, you know, well-known company at what they do. And like I said, a base uh, just, just behind West One and uh, in, in Eccles, right on the banks of the Ship Canal. Um, so really, from their sightline, they might be able to do the stadium from there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great sponsor. You know, get, getting any sponsorship in this day and age is difficult. Um, you know, let's be honest, we're a minority sport and people can put the money anywhere. And you, we could have struggled. Obviously, Mitsubishi came to an end last year. Um, and, you know, we could have gone into this season with, you know, I don't, I don't know really, but this is, this is a big deal. And, uh, but that will have come off. Obviously, great work by Bleasy and, and, and Paul King and people like that, but also the, the success we've had. Like Paul said before, people want to be involved with success. Business does. It sells, you know what I mean? If we're on Sky more times this year, although I'm not sure we will be because that's the way Sky works, but, you know, these people get the exposure, and if you're doing well with it, they're associated, then, you know, more, more people get, in, get involved, more money comes in. Yeah, he's talked about building the uh, the fan base, Paul, and the community aspect to it, and he's he's a proud Salfordian as well. And I think it's an exciting time that we can you know we can attract these companies, and I'm sure you know there'll be people itching to get involved in Salford Devils in the next uh, coming months and years. Yeah, I think so, Rob. I think so. Now, as I said before, I think we we have put ourselves back on the rugby league map. Uh, you know, getting to a, getting to a major final like that. I mean, it's unheard of in sort of my time watching Solvent. Really, I didn't really know how to approach it when we got there. It was a very strange feeling, but you know, it was a feeling that I enjoyed. And you know, that's the best way to get people on board, isn't it? You know, local businesses and get people involved. As I said before, we've all said it. You know, people want to be involved with something that's successful and something that, that that's winning and. We've said it on a few, a few weeks ago didn't we, on the podcast that we did, I think the last one after the grand final. It's all about where you go from here now, and this could be the start of something now. And you know, going going forward, and we, hopefully we're going to do this for years to come. Now, not sort of be a yo-yo sort of club and end up down there. And and I, I think businesses will want to want to cotton onto it. And you know, we have got a, a huge potential at Salford. I mean, no disrespect to Castleford, Wakefield, places like that. They're small sort of villages, really, aren't they, compared to what we could be. We're a, we're a big city in a, in a thriving area, a very cosmopolitan place as well. And, you know, we get a bit of success there. We proved it at the grand final. I mean, what did I say to you? It sort of put the Manchester thing to bed, didn't it? You know, we got to the grand final. Took, I don't know how many people we took there, but it just proved that people will watch Salford and people will get involved with Salford. So I was delighted with that and I'm delighted with the, with the sponsorship deal we've got there. I think stuff like that can, can grow for us now and we can get more people sponsored because you look at rugby league shirts now, you don't just have the, the one sponsor under, you'll have sponsors on the shirt, sponsors on the back of the shirt and on the sleeves of the shirt. So the sponsorship opportunities are massive now. Yeah, it's super exciting. Obviously, you know, big companies like that getting involved, you know, generates juice for the club uh, and then obviously we can, you know, use that to buy players or we can use it to grow the club itself and reach out even further into the community parker. Uh, everybody wins, really. Yeah, and I think that's the, the key as well with this deal. That, like you said earlier on, that with them being a local company, um, there, there'll be something in it for the community. Obviously, they'll have a. I, I don't know how it works these days, but they'll have a budget for for that kind of thing anyway. Um, and it, it, we can engage more with the people who who don't still don't know much about Salford or you know or rugby league in general. Um, if you can get not just the club trying to push, you know. Uh, advertising and trying to grab people's attention and the fans obviously doing it word of mouth that kind of thing but your main sponsor uh doing you know doing their bit which is something i think the trafford center did for a while for us as well but not many do uh and it's not just having a name on a shirt it's you know it's having a partner and that's that's the main thing and if we can work together i think it's i think it's fantastic i mean we've come a long way from you know trenchman or whatever haven't we let's be honest <laughs> Um, but we've had, you know, we've had some good, good sponsorships considering, you know, the size of the club and everything else. But uh, this local connection, I think, is going to be, uh, I think, going to be very beneficial for both parties. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting with uh, lots of uh, hopefully big announcements to come. 
Um, other bits of news. Talking about community, uh, Paul, there was a supporters' trust meeting. Uh, was it last week or a week before? Uh, Andy Burgess, Mark Lee, Paul Fletcher Gate got their heritage numbers. It was a great night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cracking night. Yeah, it was a really good night. It was great just to see Paul Fletcher and Mark Lee and Andy Burgess there, and they all spoke, you know, really well about the, the careers at Salford and the highlights and. You know what they enjoyed at the club, and Matt Lee's terrific to, to listen to. He cracks some fantastic jokes, and uh, you know, really is entertaining. Andy Burgess as well, really clever guy, and you know, very articulate in the way he spoke, and he spoke with real pride about his, his time at Salford, and, and told us some stories that you know, perhaps not every supporter you know knew about. Um, there was one where he was speaking about, I think it was when. Um, St. Ellen signed Paul Schoolthorpe. They actually came in for Andy Burgess before they got Paul Schoolthorpe from Warrington. But Andy Burgess didn't want to leave Salford because he wanted to stay loyal to us. So next time you see him, have a word with him about that because I never knew that. So uh, it was it was fascinating listening to him and Flecker as well talking about you know the, the side in the, the early 80s and some of the sort of top young players that we had in that, that team that sadly we couldn't keep together because of the money situations and that. But you know, another top pro. You know, great, great sort of fullback for for Salford, and obviously went and had a bit of success with Hull as well. So it was great to speak to them. There was a raffle and, and a quiz and, and all sorts, and everybody thoroughly enjoyed the night. And and all the supporters trust are looking at putting another one. I think I'm not sure when the date is now. I think it's the start of December. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I think it's a quiz night. You'll be able to tell me, Rob, because you're you're a man in the know. It's at the Bluebell, I think, in yeah. Monton. You 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 know about it, don't you? You're always, you're dead prepared, you. Yeah, now you said that, I do know. Yeah, I, I, so they, they are putting lots of lots of these things on, lots of these nights on. So, um, so it's, I think it's a really good thing to get people involved. And I know there's going to be ex players coming to the, these sort of dues in the future. So, you know, if if supporters can can go along and you know meet some of their heroes from the past and, and get chatted to them, because we know rugby league players are salt of the earth people, aren't they? And I think it's great that you can just go and have a, have a chat with them and talk about their careers. And I think the supporters are doing some good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, Parker, uh, you can join the trust uh, for £10. Uh, you know, all money goes, uh, trying to raise money, sorry, for the reserves for next season. You know, I think it's important us fans do our bit. Uh, you know, obviously the club have to run a reserve side, which is going to be beneficial because obviously the players get experience. But if we can do our bit, that's great for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, the cost of running a, you know, a reserve side is, is obviously massive. Uh, you know, you still need to provide all the usual physiotherapy and doctors and everything else and you know a place the venue where we're going to play I don't know if it's the AJ Bell or what I don't know where the reserves are going to play but we're still going to pay you know and this, this money's coming out of the club's coffers and uh, as we know over a, you know, a long period of time we've been limited with, with money and, and anything that diverts away from the first team is obviously going to be detrimental to, to the whole club um, but we do need I mean I remember the old 18 days and they were yeah, they were fantastic some some cracking nights watching them on a you know on a Friday at the Willows and that that sort of stuff, but it, it will need funding and as much help as as we the fans can give. Uh, I know it's a big stretch, it's a big season ahead. A lot of money's going to be spent on travel and everything else, but things like that. I mean, it, I, I missed the last one unfortunately. I was working, um, but I'll certainly make the next one. And uh, like I say, to get to get to meet some of the ex players as well. I mean, I'd love to to listen to Mark Lee. He was, he was an absolute character when he was with us. Uh, I, I, you know, great, great little player as well. Very clever. Um, I'd love to listen to his stories. Him and uh, him and Buffer, they were a, they were a duo like Hale and Pace, them two. Um, <laughs> and then obviously Andy Burgess and, and Paul Fletcher. I miss them too. And two local lads who very proud of, of playing for the club. And I bet they, yeah. I mean, Flecky from the from the early eighties. Some of his stories. I'm not, I'm not sure you could tell them before the curfew or whatever that. But uh, yeah, no. Like I say, the more help we can give the club, we get on board with the supporters' trust, and you know, just attending the the event, uh, it's going to help the club long term. Yeah, obviously, Paul, you, you'd put something, set me up with a bit of a test, and I've got the uh, the information for this quiz night. Uh, it's on the third of December, at seven pm start. Uh, twenty five pound per person. Uh, sorry, twenty five pound per team of six or a fiver each. Uh, in the Blue Bell in Monton. Um, if you want to buy tickets, uh, contact Steve Bradshaw or Shirley Bradshaw or the Supporters Trust and they will organise you with tickets. So, you know, it sounds like it's going to be exciting. There's prizes, I think, as well involved. Past and players in attendance, uh, free food. So it's going, to be a, it's going to be a really exciting night. Nice booze of that as well. I've been in there before. It's, uh, 
nice pub, nice uh, John John Lee's house, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, be, be a good night. That'd be a really good night, and that's why they pay you the big money, Rob, because you've always got the dates and the times and everything. <laughs> I thought I knew it was the start of December, but I wasn't too sure of the date. Yeah, yeah, it, it took, took me a minute to get it, but I, I got it in the end, which which is great. I'm going to share it on our on our Facebook page. I'm sure you know they're all quite well attended. These supporters trust uh, events, aren't they? Because obviously a lot of people get behind it, and I'm sure they don't kind of say what what the questions going to be on might be more general knowledge or it might just be a Salford one, Parker. How are you fixed for quizzes? Are you any good? Well, I um, no. How do you say <laughs> yes without sounding big-headed? I like a good quiz, yeah, yeah especially if it's, it's rugby league related. I'm, uh, obviously, I'm a bit of a bore when it comes to that. But yeah, no, I do love a good quiz. I've not, uh, not done one for a while, actually. Um, were you, but, were uh, you part of a winning one? Didn't you win one? Right, yeah, we won the, uh, the, the, the rugby league one right across the whole of rugby league. All the... Uh, I think it was all the Super League teams and we went through heats and we got through them and we actually won the final at the Willows. Uh, we got three tickets and transport to to a grand final that year. Got a limo, champagne and all sorts. Of, a nice little trophy, which I'm not sure what happened to that. I think I think Ian Peacock may, uh, may own that, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 that was good. But yeah, I, I do like a good quiz. So uh, I'll certainly be uh, certainly put my hand up for that one and uh, I'm just going to get on to... Uh, you know, so that half the uh, the team from I don't know, one of these quiz programs on the telly. See if they fancy it. Yeah, I'll out your Parker. Yeah, mobile's going to be red hot now. People going to text you. What are you doing Tuesday, yeah. Parker? Fancy coming yeah. on my team? <laughs> With the eggheads. <laughs> With yeah. the eggheads, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, get yourselves down there. It's going to be super exciting in the in the Bluebell. Uh, next bit of news: uh, Salford Under 16 Rising Star campaign started on the 28th of October. Uh, Paul, uh, training at Salford City Roosters every Monday, um, like we said with our community uh, aspect, you know, it's all about picking up these players who are sort of 16 and under and creating that pathway, now we've got the reserves in, in, in sort of motion, uh, it gives everyone that chance to, to get involved and, and go from you know youth team to reserve team to first team. Yeah, it certainly does. It's a, it's a big step, I suppose, from um, the rising stars to, to what's going to be the A team. You're going to be playing against some some big, hairy bottomed uh, pros in that, aren't you? So it's, it is a big step up, isn't it? a big size difference. But I think it's great. I think it's like Paul said before. I think it's terrific that we've got the reserve team back. I mean, I can remember going watching the A team and the the, the cup the cup final. I think it was late eighties. I remember somebody. I can't remember who scored in the corner. Parking up there. Well, we beat St Helens, didn't we? At the Willows. Who scored? Is it was it not uh, it Martin Burkett? Martin Burkett, I think he was. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. wasn't it? I was sat in the um, the main stand with my dad. It was absolutely freezing. <laughs> we beat St. Helens in the, in the eighteen. Cut. I remember stuff like that. They, they were what got you hooked, didn't they? Things like that. So I'm glad the eighteen is back because uh, they were good nights, weren't they? Watching them. So, uh, but but yeah, the rising stars and that, like you said, Robbie. I think when you've got a player pathway from sort of junior level up up to to the first team, I think that's what it's all about for me and. Yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to see to see that happening. And like you said, there the, the youngsters training on Monday nights it is it's it's a pathway for them, and uh, the more people can get down there and get these youngsters playing rugby league in Salford, because you look at some of the the places around us, like the Wigan area, the Lee area, they're inundated, aren't they, with, with junior clubs and, and amateur players, and it's a hotbed of the sport. And you know we've got our, our own sort of youth, youth and junior clubs, haven't we? So there's plenty in the area, and we need to tap into them and, and, and catch those, those those junior players before they they head off to the likes of Wigan and, and Leeds and these other clubs. I think it goes into the whole building that community feel, Parker. You know these players feel valued, and their families feel valued as well. You know everyone gets kind of sucked into the to the Sulphur Red Devils way of life then, and you know our club grows, more players get involved, and it gets bigger and bigger from there. Yeah, I think there's always a thing about that. You know, he's one of our own kind of thing. If you can, if you can produce a player into your first team that's come through, you know, he's a local lad who's come through you, all, all the ranks. Uh, I mean, the, the the number of players we missed out on that have been, you know, Salford lads or whatever. It's it's quite frightening. But yeah, they, you know, and it, it gives people a, a carrot. There's something there for them. I think um, you know, you look at the amateur teams and they do struggle. They do struggle for players. But when you get that one, you know, the, the, that one or two talented players. It's where did they go from there? You know, how did they, how did they move on? And if they get the chance to be recognised and you know and get a shot at the big time, I suppose it's uh, it's a good you know it's a great fillet for him. And I think it might if it, if it works, you know, encourage more people to take up the game at a younger age, knowing that there is that that pathway there. It's not a case of I'm a good player, but it's either I'll go and sign for Wigan, which you know don't get me wrong, he's not obviously a, a terrible thing for for anybody, but. Or 
do I just carry on playing amateur because I like it or what? You know, you might want to play for your club. You might want that chance. And I think it's a, a good thing. And then word of mouth gets around that, you know, why, why don't you give it a go? You, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good sport people from Salford at, at young ages who are good at all sorts, especially football, which is, you know, as we know, he's dominant. But we switch one or two. We've got that, just that, because some guys are just good at every sport. And let's, let's be honest, you know, I don't think that was any of us three, but um, <laughs> you, you, you get that. And I think you can drag them people in. Um, but just going back to what Paul said, by the way, about that cup final, uh, I think as Mark Lee actually played for St. Ellie's that night. Um, oh, he did. Yeah. Side. So, uh, so it's all going round in a circle. <laughs> it is, and that's, that's what it is. It's, we're a club, we're an opportunity club now. And this kind of when you're sort of at 16, 15, 14, if we come in for you, that's an opportunity. And you can see that right in front of you, the way the club's set up. So I think it's, you know, obviously in the past we've not had that, you know, being able to keep all these players or, you know, get them to, to sign for Solford, probably because we didn't have a, a youth, a sort of a youth team for a, for a bit. And we've not had reserve teams, have we, for a while as well, as well. But now with that structure is in place, I'm sure we will be able to entice these players in and, and sort of help them develop and become part of our culture and, and become better players for it. So, yeah, super excited about that. Uh, other news, well, talking about sort of academy and, and foundation and community. community. Uh, the Solford Devils Foundation is now based at Eccles College. Uh, the Development Academy will be, will be sort of playing out of there. Uh, Paul, sort of feeds into the Rising Star campaign. Um, you know, these kids, you know, getting involved in a college, it, it kind of helps us grow uh, and keeps our community roots strong. Yeah, it certainly does, and that's what we've, we've been crying out for, haven't we? And especially with, with the lads who are involved at college as well. They'll be doing courses and, and, and things like that. They'll be doing the further education and, and playing the rugby league as well. So I, I think it's great. I think it's great to be able to do that. And I wish I'd have been able to do something like that. I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have been decent at rugby league and been able to have a go. But no, too too tall me for rugby league. Too tall and skinny for it. But um, but no, it, it's, it's really good. And I think... We're now we're on this this trail now where we've got to get these 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 young players while while the going's good and sort of the pride has been put back into Salford I think especially last season with the way we, we finished there and you know hopefully we, we've we've turned the corner now we're not just going to be that sort of laughing stock club that everyone sort of looks down on and you know maybe that's a bit harsh but you know you know where I'm coming from don't you sometimes teams don't take us serious do they and I think you know certainly towards the end of, of last season I think people did start sort of sitting up didn't they and thinking blimey they're not that joke sort of club anymore and that you know that make way team and you know if youngsters can look at us now the way they used to look at Wigan and St Helens and want to be part of us I think that's great for us growing up growing and uh, growing our fan base and growing junior players and getting their families involved as well because that's what it's all about that's what's going to spread the name of the club and get the whole community involved in it and eventually your, your crowds will lift more people will be playing the sport more people will be taking part that's how your club grow, you know, your club grows to that next level. Yeah, I think when you when you start rugby league, Parky, you've got to either fast, strong, and slightly unhinged. If you're all three, you end up playing professional. Uh, I wasn't anywhere near any of them. Was rubbish all three, to be fair. Um, but you played a bit of rugby, didn't you, early on? I did. Well, funnily enough, and a picture came to light recently. Um, my my first this first team I played for, and it was Eccles. Uh, Certain uh, coach Watson was was the hooker in that team. Um, we had we had a really good team, uh, some, some real talent. I think probably as I went through for the next four or five years, I'd, I'd probably think that at least five or six of that team went and signed pro somewhere. Um, and obviously, we know what happened to Watson and people like that. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I, I think uh, with a college thing as well. I don't know how it works with with funding and stuff. I don't know. There's more funding streams available to, to the club, you know, because they're, they're tied up with the, with the college or, or whatever. I don't know how that would work. I'm sure there's some benefit to it all. Um, you know, being being on site there as well, like you say, the vision again. You know, we're, we're not just all at the stadium. And if you don't go to the stadium, you don't know about it. We've now got a presence in a college where, you know, hundreds of people are going to be, you know, people are going to be going past every day or, you know, going there to, to for their education. Uh, and again, if you're not, you, know, you might, like you were saying about the, the, the three aspects of making a rugby league player, if you're not any of them, you, you might have a passing interest and think, I'll go and watch, mm. you know, which is what we, we all do. And, yeah. uh, you know, and again, going back to them three, I was certainly one of them, but I don't know which, uh, <laughs> which one of the three I was. Yeah. 
I, I've always said, Parky, if, if I could play rugby league like, like you played John Madden, I'd have been the best player in the world, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no. Yeah. I, I wasn't. No. It's slightly different when you're actually getting hit for real, exactly. isn't it? That was that was that was the thing that, that unhinged me a bit. I couldn't I couldn't act that. <laughs> um, other other bits of community news. Um, Red the Red Angels are, are kind of recruiting uh, new dancers. Uh, started training on the fourth of November on Monday, but you can still uh, sort of go down. Um, it's from six to six forty-five. Age between three and fourteen. If you're interested, you can. Email Red Angels Dance Team at Outlook.com. Uh, Paul, you're a bit of a dancer, you're a boxer. You, I've seen you move that feet in the ring. Um, any good at dancing? I wouldn't say I danced around the ring, Rob, to be honest with you. Am I good at dancing? I might be all right. I've had a few pints. That's my <laughs> I think I'm a bit of a dancer, actually. I've had a few beers, but it, well, my dance is more of a shuffle. Right. With you, but no, I'm not a dancer. I'll have a goal though. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was a bit of a thespian in my youth, to be fair. Um, not saying I'm a great dancer, but I've got a bit of a what? Thespian actor. Oh, drama, right. drama, 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 drama. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I can shuffle a little bit. Parker, what about you? Quality dancer, to be honest with you. I like that guy. <laughs> Quality dancer. Um, well, I'll listen. I mean, just, just ask any of the ladies out there who've seen me move and they'll, they'll tell you. <laughs> I won't give you the answer, but they'll tell you one way or the other. Um, yeah, no. What I was going to say about that—that that these the the, the um, what a job they do. I tell you, I mean, it's, like I say, it's not everybody's cup of tea watching you know people dance or anything like that on, before a rugby match. But all the weather, all year round, and uh, the effort they put in. I mean, I've seen players in the past who haven't got half of what they've got. You know, it, it, they're absolutely brilliant. I hope, I hope more people get involved with it because it seems a shame when when you see our, our girls and how good they are at, at you know at the dance and everything they do. But there might only be, you know, 10 or 12 of them. It'd be great to see, you know, a couple of squads and the young kids and all that. I think, I think it's really good. And another way of people being involved in the club and getting their families involved. And uh, I, I, I think they do a great job, me. And I think they're a little bit underrated. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Parky. Like I said, the Red Angels, any kind of weather, they're always there, aren't they? And they're all, yeah. you know, it's quite entertaining. You know, they've got rhythm, you know, it's, it's, it's high class sort of um, cheerleading really so you know I think it's great that you know they're trying to get sort of more people involved uh, and I'm sure people will uh, be emailing them uh, and getting uh, getting their you know time in the spotlight uh, other bits of news now let's talk general rugby league for a bit let's talk about Magic Weekend up at Newcastle uh, Paul um, good move or a bad move um, I don't mind to be honest, Rob. Where they have that that magic weekend, I'm not like a massive fan of it. To be honest, we've been it's a bit of a gimmick, but it's a it's a good a good day out, I suppose. And I enjoyed it at Anfield. I thought it was all right last year. There, nice stadium. But Newcastle's good. Um, I've enjoyed it when I've gone up there. Like I said, I've got family up there. Me, uh, my sister-in-law lives up there. My, my sister's sister and her kids and that. So we normally go up and stay there for a day and and then uh, and then go to the match. So yeah, I don't mind, mate. I think it's a it's a good day out, isn't it? But we, the only drawback is we've got St. Helens there, I believe, haven't we? It's, it's going to be a tough game, but uh, but no, um, I was a fan of it when it's up there. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the day. I've enjoyed all of them, to be honest. When we've been to um, Murrayfield, Edinburgh, the Millennium Stadium in Wales, I thought it was good. Uh, where else we played? City's ground at the Etihad. I thought that was a good day out. The weather was good when we was there as well. So I, I don't mind where it is, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think personally, it's all about expanding the game, Parker. And you've got to go into areas that, where there isn't sort of clubs to try and entice the people of that area to get involved in rugby league. Um, obviously, playing Saints on a Saturday shows how far we come because normally we play on Sunday morning, don't we? So to be middle game Saturday shows how far we, we are in the, uh, you know, the sort of the vision of the game that we have the opportunity to play St. Helens, probably on a telly at Newcastle. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest with this. As it stands, and as, as you know, you're only as good as you know, your last game. Or we're, we're currently the second best team in Super League, so why, why would it be on prime time? Um, the whole, the whole Magic Weekend thing. I've never, never really bought. I go, but I've never really bought into the idea. I think it's an extra game that that nobody needs. Um, I'd rather see you know the whole of rugby league involved in a nines tournament over a weekend. You know, so you get every you know all three leagues involved. Um, and then it gives you know the smaller clubs a, a day in the sun, if you like, uh, rather than the Blackpool bash or whatever. I don't, I don't really, I don't really enjoy the whole thing. 
Um, but I think Newcastle's great. I thought, you know, I think it's a great venue. It's right in the centre of, of the town. Whereas at Anfield, it was a bit of a trek outside, wasn't it, from, from the town centre, if you like. And, uh, but I, I wouldn't have had a problem if they'd have moved it again. If they are going to try and develop it and push it into a new area. Um, we've been to Newcastle. Has it benefited the Newcastle Rugby League Club? I'm not sure. I don't know. I've never seen any great, great rising crowds or anything like that from them. Uh, I hope it has. I hope it's planted seeds in people's minds. But um, I'd, I'd have had no problem if it moved to a different area again and we try somewhere else. But um, the whole concept isn't isn't particularly great for me. But uh, and like Paul said, playing uh, playing Saints is it doesn't get any tougher, does it? But you know, like you say, at least it puts us uh, prime time on the on the telly on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea, uh, Paul, that a nines tournament gives sort of teams another trophy to play for, motivates everyone to kind of play it kind think, of mid-season. For, for me, the, the, the thing is with that, you, you may have players, because obviously nine aside or seven aside or whatever, it relies a lot more on speed. And you may have a team in, you know, like in Newcastle perhaps or, or Rochdale or whatever, who've got really quick, you know, nimble players who are great at that, that format of the game. Who could actually go a long way and beat, you know, beat a Super League team at that, and it, it, that that then creates a bit more behind the, you know, behind the scenes in rugby league itself. I think, I think this kind of your Super League and you do that, and you're the, you know, the other Championship, and you. And I think we need to come together a little bit more to to make the game stronger, because um, otherwise, I think you know, in the long run, I'm not saying this is the, the answer, but I think we might see a few more clubs going to the wall, which. We, you know, we really can't afford. Um, so I, I'd like to say I think it'd be great. I know the Aussies do a great one, and they, you know, they have less clubs to to work with. But um, I, could, I could see that being a you know a decent concept over a weekend. Would you buy into that, Paul? A uh, a nines tournament? Yeah, I think I think Paul's right there. I think sometimes we are very um, divided as a sport, and you know, me growing up as a, as a young supporter, I've noticed that over the years. You know. We, the way Bala sort of drifted away from it and then the Super League went one way and then I'd like to see it all brought back together and I think it's the same with the Challenge Cup I don't agree with the format of the Challenge Cup now especially the last few years where you've been seeded and you've come in at a later stage I don't think that's right and I don't think that's fair on the, the smaller clubs I don't think they get that chance I'd love to see sort of a Rochdale Mayfield or a Salford City Roosters playing against Salford or, or, or whatever I think I think that, that's great for the sport but like Paul says there about the Nines I think that would be great get the championship sides involved get every single club in the professional ranks involved and have you all there on the day you know get all the supporters mixing and having the banter together I think that'd be a great day out I really would and I'd have no problem with that playing against Rochdale or, or playing against Whitehaven working tomorrow I think it'd be great so uh, yeah, I think just like you were saying before about the Magic Week and what's it what's it brought to Newcastle. I mean, we've had it there, haven't we? So why not take it to a to a new place? I'm not so sure whether it's spread the game up there. And to me, I, I do think it is a bit of a gimmick and perhaps a bit of a money making sort of scheme for the Super League. But maybe next year I'd, I'd try somewhere else. I mean, where could we try down the Midlands somewhere, Nottingham somewhere like that, or Birmingham? I'm not too sure where we could go with it. But uh, it's been in Newcastle before, hasn't it? But it is a, it is a good day out. And like Paul says, it's in the, the city centre and the, the supporters seem to enjoy it when they go. Yeah, so in the, in, I think with the, the city centre, it's kind of right. It's kind of built around the stadium, isn't it, as well, in Newcastle. You like you come out of the stadium. Like when you went to Cardiff, you come out of uh, you know, the Millennium, Millennium Stadium and bang, you're right in the middle of the town centre. I think that kind of adds to the, the atmosphere and the excitement of all that. You know, you can just walk straight out and you're in the pubs and enjoying the atmosphere, Parker. Yeah, I think that, that that does help, and obviously you get to you get to bond with other fans as well in, in you know in, in the pubs and so on. I think I say this year in Liverpool, it seemed a big kind of rush from the station as it, as it, you know we, we didn't stay over, we, we weren't in for the game, but they didn't really mix with anybody, and it was straight to the ground. You're in the ground, the game, for, you know, and then you had to get back to to sort of the centre of Liverpool and back to Lime Street or whatever. Um, I mean, like Paul said, the Midlands, yeah, why not? I mean, we've tried Coventry for internationals. Could that be one? You know, even even going to somewhere like Bristol. I know it's a massive rugby union hotbed, but they do they have got you know decent teams down there. I think the Bristol Sonics rugby league team that are really strong. Um, and if there is, I know it, it doesn't always work, but if there is an interest in rugby, then there will be a certain percentage you'll watch. Either you know, I think that that's the truth, whether it be league or union. And, you know, there might be something to tap into down down that way. Um, 
and you're probably more likely to make a full weekend of it rather than just drifting in and out for the for the day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it obviously serves a purpose. Otherwise, the clubs wouldn't agree to it every year. Uh, financially, it's obviously beneficial. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see the, the the smaller clubs get a chance to play in a, a big stadium. Get you know, get that chance like Boston, Whitehaven, Workington, teams like that getting to play at. Uh, at Newcastle, in a you know a virtually sixty thousand seat stadium, that's something that some of them players might never get the chance to do. And I think it's just a you know having going to Blackpool and having you know their, their weekend, which is from what I've seen, is really poorly supported. Uh, let's get us all together. Yeah, obviously we'll have to wait and see. Keep, keep your eyes open. You know, you never know what Super League might be listening and come up with some plan like that, and then we can take credit for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next bit of news. Uh, to Lola here, uh, Paul, uh, in the running for Golden Boot uh, for 2019 after his fantastic performance for Salford Red Devils uh, this season and for Tonga. Uh, what an achievement for him, um, you know, coming off the back of his disappointment at Leeds Rhinos, uh, to be in the running is a fantastic thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it really is. And you know how I feel about that his, his time at Leeds. I thought he was quite harshly treated there and made a bit of a scapegoat. And I think uh, he sort of proved to people what, what a decent player he was. But I think Ian Watson also deserves a lot of credit for the way Tui Lolly has performed this season since he's come to Salford. I think Tui will be the first to admit that. I think, you know, Watto and the staff at Salford have, have really got the best out of him. And, um, you know, you can't fault his, his performances. I mean, when he first came in and, and made his debut, he. I was a bit unsure of him at first. I thought, well, I'll give him a few weeks. And you could see he had something. And, um, no, delighted to see the partnership that he made with, with Jackson Hastings in that run towards the end of the season. And in the playoffs, he's been really good. And, you know, to, to see his performance internationally for Tonga in, in the last couple of weeks, particularly against Australia, where I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he fully deserves to be up there. He really does. He's worked really hard at his game. And I'm really, really excited to see him next season after the full pre-season you know, with, with, with Salford and you know, our conditioner Greg, uh, Greg Brown who I think will get him in even better condition than he was last season he'll be fully fit and raring to go in, in the end of January so uh, so yeah I, I'm, I was very pleased for Tui and he's, he's a lovely guy off the field as well really nice guy and apparently I said it I think I told you a few weeks ago he's, he's living near me actually in Middleton <laughs> he's got a house in, in Alcrington yeah because uh, Roy Ellis or his missus in Morrison's so he's not too far from me not like Roy Starkin he is stalking him, I think, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what Graham McGears though about it, was that sort of the rugby league sort of press reported it as former Leeds halfback to Ilola here, when really it should have been sold for a devil's halfback is in contention to win Golden Boot 2019. I know obviously he played for Leeds, Parker, and you have to kind of like highlight the fact that he's gone from uh, zero to hero, but things like this helps grow our grow our profile as a club so it really it upset me that the the headline was farmer leads halfback not sort of red devils halfback absolutely i think if you ask uh to himself he'd rather forget the whole league to be asked mm. uh it was detrimental to his career he was clearly a talented player i've seen him play in the nrl when he went to leeds no he went to a club that was itself low on confidence i think he had a coach in charge that I'm not sure the players wanted. Uh, the players they've got, they had that many players who'd retired. You know, the whole club seemed to be in a mess. I think it still is, to be fair. Uh, and like Paul said, I think he was a scapegoat. Oh, he's this big Australian hope, you know, or whatever, you know, Tongan hope, and he, he's going to do this and that. And after a couple of weeks, he's at full back, and then, he, you know, things aren't going well in front of him. He makes a mistake, like a goalkeeper at, at, at football. He's the problem, you know, and he, he wasn't right. I think. He benefited by, by us having Jacko. I mean, I, I'll never speak highly enough of Jacko. He, he, what he did for this club and everything about the lad is, you know, was superb. But as soon as he came, you can imagine him uh, uh, to being being welcomed by Jacko, made made feel that this is home here. This is how I feel about the place. This is what we are, and the team as a whole was it was a one, was it? It was a whole family. It wasn't. They weren't individuals. They weren't. I'm bigger than you. I think that helped him settle. And like Paul said, that first game, I think, was it away at Wigan? Yeah. yeah. The first game. Yeah. And he, you know, it obviously looks shit. He only signed that week. He, hadn't, he didn't know the team. He didn't know the moves properly. You know. But as soon as he bedded him, he, he plays with a smile on his face. And that's, that, that's a big difference. The pressure's off. And it's, I don't mean that in a, you know, he's still got his job to do. But we're not, not everybody's waiting for him to make a mistake. 
which was at Leeds, as soon as he made, you know, oh, he's going to make a mistake, you know, or he's, you know, he's rubbish. And they're going with a negative thought. We were open-minded. We'd, we'd give him a shot. You know, we'd lost Rob Lewis, who was a, you know, another hero to us. And this lad's come in. And as it's gone on, and, and week after week, you see the development, a little bit more confidence. He'll take the line on. He's kicking game. Brilliant. And then what we've seen over the last few weeks with Tonga, uh, I, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. I, I, I'm just questioning Leeds. I don't really know where they're going. They paid us to take this lad off their hands and paid us money for Rob Lewis as well. I, it's a very strange club, that. Um, but it, the, the kid's the kids magnificent. And uh, as, as it goes, I mean, like you said about this, you know, with the press saying, oh, ex-Leeds or whatever, give it time. They'll, they'll have forgotten about that. And if he carries on the performances he's doing at the moment and he has done at the back end of the season, mm. um, it, you know, it, they'll soon be just referring to him as the Salford standoff. Yeah, it's opportunity clubs give player who needs opportunity. And he's took it, hasn't he, Paul? He took it, with, in, we've grabbed it with both hands. Um, but I just think it's, it's about positive spin. And I just think if you want, yeah. if you want the sport to grow, because there's lots of talk, we're going to talk about fixtures in a minute, but people moaning about, you know, not playing Fridays, not playing Sundays. You know, there's a lot of that in sort of rugby league circles. Fans moan about lots of things when really we should be trying to talk the game up. Um, yeah. And this is, and that's part of the problem, I think. It, it, kind of, it was a negative spin on a, on, a, on a positive story and really it should have been a positive story and with positive spin. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of that. I was talking to somebody at work about, about this today. We, we're having a bit of problems at our work at the moment about negative stuff from one thing or another, which we won't go into. But... Um, I was saying to him, it's it's like a 2019 thing or like a modern life thing. People moan about everything. I mean, every time you, you go on something or you go on Facebook and click on a comment or whatever, people, the first thing that comes out of people's mouths is like negative stuff. No one ever seems to look on the bright side. And I think, is it just a society thing? People expect things yesterday, don't they? They want something doing yesterday. So I don't know. Are we more expectant? Or some certain people are anyway. So I don't know. General public and, and that do my head in. But just where we go back to, to the, the rugby league press, I've got a bit of a, a complaint as well. We were you saying about, um, they call him an ex-Leeds standoff. I was listening, I won't name who it was off Radio Manchester. I listened to Radio Manchester a few weeks ago on my way to work and um, it was when they'd named the Great Britain squad to play the first test against Tonga and the guy who read the, the sports news out said, uh, oh, Wigan halfback Jackson Hastings has been named in the side and I thought, he didn't even play for Bloody Wigan yet. He's just played for Salford the week before in a grand final. He's not, he's not a Wigan player officially till well, whenever the, his contract starts at Wigan. It's at the end of November, isn't it? And mm. Sometimes I think the press are very disrespectful in, in what they say and um, that, that really riled me that I was going to write a letter into Radio Manchester but I didn't because I'm not a saddle. But <laughs> do you, know, you know what I mean? I think sometimes it, it can it Stuff like that riles me. That, you know, little Salford doesn't get the, the credit we deserve. And I think with, with Tui Lola here as well, they should have said, uh, you know, Salford standoff. And I, like Parker says, I think they, they will sit up and, uh, and take note, especially next season when we hit that, that ground running. Yeah, Just, I mean, a bit of unconscious bias, Parky, but you know, the more yeah. we play and the more we perform and the more we generate positive stories, both on and off the field, that'll, that will change because people will start waking up to the fact that we are a club in transition, moving forward, and people need to get involved. Yeah, without, without, I mean, going on about the, the, the negative thing, and I don't want to bank on about it too much because it's actually, you know, obviously negative, is that going back to when you're going about season tickets and numbers and all that, and, and, and people every week on the internet or wherever, going about, oh, Salford, they've got no fans, got, you're going to get this, man. how many turned up? I'm not sure why it matters. I mean, Bournemouth play in the Premier League with 10,000 every week. United play, play there with 70-odd thousand every week. You know, is there much difference in them? Are they both in the same league? Do they both compete? Yeah, well, what's... I don't get this. It's a rugby league thing, and I, I do worry about this, the numbers thing. I think it's a size thing, and you know what's been said about men and talking about size a lot. Um <laughs> I think there's a problem there with, with, with whether it's a Northern thing, whether it's a rugby league thing, I don't know. But it doesn't help when you get coaches and, and ex-players from other clubs having a pop at us before the grand final that if Salford get there, they won't take any fans. You know, that, that could have actually had a, you know, could have been a, a, a negative. People could have read that and gone, yeah, you're right, you know, not, no one else is turning up. I don't know why I'm going to bother. You know, let the other usual 3,000 turn up or whatever. Um, mm. Fortunately, it didn't. But the, there is this negative People can't wait to be to be negative towards certainly towards smaller clubs, if you like. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's. I think Park. I, um, I think it's, rugby league can be a very parochial sport sometimes, can't it? Um, I know when I, I've got friends who, who watch Rochdale on it, and, and I ask them how they've gone on and this, that, and the other. And you know, I've got friends who watch Swinton, and I'd never dream of bagging their crowds off. I think people who go to Rochdale, whether it be Workington, Dewsbury, Batley, you've got my ultimate respect, Oldham, yeah. because they're, those clubs are the lifeblood of the game, and they're, those supporters who watch them teams through thick and thin, you know. They've got my total respect because it's so. It must be so hard to to carry on watching those sides where really you've probably never got an open hill or get into a cup final or get into a grand final. But you go week in week out, travelling all over the country, going up to Barrow and places like that. And you know what? It's off to you. Really, I mean, it must be easy watching St Helens. You know, going to grand finals every season or Wigan or whatever. And 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 I, and I don't really. It, it riles me the way people have a go at, at smaller clubs and at the crowds and all. I think you should respect them. You should. Respect Clubs like that. I, I loved it a few years ago, and we we played in the. Obviously, I didn't want to be in the middle eights, but I thought it was great going to grounds like Halifax and, and Batley and seeing their supporters because they're proper rugby league supporters, and and you can't you can't back that not at all. What have you got to say, Parky, on that? Anything? No, he's absolutely absolutely spot on. I mean, you know, he's basically just said what 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 I was thinking. It's, I don't know why it happens. I don't know why it's such a big thing in rugby league. Um, how many people turn up at your stadium? I know, obviously, when you go back to football, Man City get mocked a little bit because of theirs or whatever. But I think you, as, as big as they are now, you've got to remember where you've, you've kind of come from over the last 30, 40 years or whatever. Um, give it time. Our, our crowds will, will go up. But it's like constantly slagging each other off. He's, he's going to do the sport no good. It, as I said before, it's a minority sport. It's a small sport in this country. Let's not forget that, you know, if it wasn't for the north of England, the M62, basically, we, it wouldn't be a sport. So I think we, you know, we we should just talk it up a little bit more and get you know give it that that positive spin and you know and people should have been saying well it doesn't matter that Salford only got an average of three thousand this year their team have done the, the business and they had the grand final you know yeah. that's that's how you do it like, I look at your team don't worry about your fans because your fans can follow and I just think yeah it's a bit of negativity but it comes from from people in authority like those in the press and like those involved in the game probably just as much as it does the fans. Yeah, just spin. It's been positive. People get excited. And, that, and that's what I think you've, you've got to take from this, I think, moving forward. Um, other news. That's the end of part one of this week's Devil of Detail podcast. Tune in to the next episode for more about new signings, departures, our fixtures for 2020, our Player of the Year awards for 2019, and uh, our view on Sonny Bill Williams to, to Toronto Wolfpack Bowl. Big thanks to this week's Devil in Detail. I'm Emma Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you in a couple of days. Seven days a week. 24 hours a day. Live. Radio Contact.